Hi guys, Paul from the Innovation Community here. Today I'm with Andrea Fernandez-Fonseca, who is a data science and analytics leader at Trivago. She's helping transform this international hotel search company to become more data-driven. Great to have you with us. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for having me. And just to start with, tell us a bit about yourself in a few words. Um, so, yeah, I come from Spain originally and I uh, moved to the UK uh, to, to study at university. I did my undergraduate um, in mathematics there. Um, and then I stayed actually at Bath University. I stayed to do um, my PhD. Um, I had the great chance to stay and, and, and continue in academia. I really liked uh, uh, the studies and I had the opportunity to do a project there. So I stayed for another further like three, three and a half years that I did my PhD. Um, and after that, I decided that um, probably it's good to go to industry or, or make the move, uh, the leap. And so I also jumped not only kind of like from academia to industry, uh, but also um, um, country. So I moved to Germany and around seven years ago, I started working here at Trivago. And since then, I have been kind of like moving around and making a career in data uh, within Trivago. So where did your data career really start? Well, it's, uh, it's tricky to know exactly what, what, where my data, because I have a background in mathematics. So, but I do remember when I, in my first year at, at undergrad in Bath University, I, I was surprised. I, I, I was a whole week where I didn't see a single number. It was all letters. And, and I was like, am I really in the right courses? Like, I, I was very confused at the beginning because it's all about theorems. It's all about like uh, modeling. Uh, it's, it's not really about the numbers or, or about like uh, the data. So when I really started working heavily with numbers and with data and with loads of information, that was really when I started an in industry here, here at Trivago. Here's when I really um, started to have to kind of like um, fiddle around more with, with, with numbers and trying to make sense of it. And while at university was, it was more about modeling. So I think it started early on, but it really kind of took shape once I moved into industry. And how has that evolved over time? Um, so, so it started like, uh, um, as I just briefly mentioned, like it started um, as when I moved to, to, to Trivago to into industry. Um, it started with a lot of numbers and a lot of making sense of numbers and a lot of analysis. So I started as a business analyst for public relation releases. Um, and so there was a lot of number crunching, essentially. Um, and, um, and then slowly I started to shift uh, towards actually trying to apply uh, my modeling expertise from academia. So I moved into more of a data science uh, perspective where, where I, it's not only like you need the, the data input, um, but it's all about then how do you model it? How do you kind of, how do you predict? Um, and, and that's how I, it's kind of been shaping towards that stage where it's not only about uh, understanding the numbers, but it's also how can I utilize the numbers to create models to better understand what's around me. So what are you up to in the current role at Trivago? So currently um, I, uh, I'm part of Hotel Search, which is essentially uh, the area at Trivago uh, that deals with um, iterating on the website and, and creating new features for, for our website. Um, and specifically in hotel search, um, I'm part of ranking. Um, so as, as the name suggests, we are, uh, uh, we are in charge of, um, 
of creating um, the, the different how to rank the items on the on the list. So when you come to our website and you look for a hotel, then you have some recommendations. So essentially the the whole like logic of which hotels to show, uh, that's what what uh, my team does. And, I, and there specifically, um, I'm leading the data science and data analytics part of, of that team. So at the heart of it, what really interests you about working with data? It's data gives me like a, a way of finding the why or understanding the why uh, um, that is, well, it can be very biased, of course. And, and, and there's a lot of like, uh, I would say problems in kind of like number hacking, trying to kind of like get the numbers that go to your opinion or your ideas. Uh, but I think it's, it's very, in, in, in its broader sense, I think it can be kind of considered as quite unbiased. Um, so, so I like being able to, to, use the data to understand the data. It's kind of like a, sounds weird, but it's kind of like a puzzle uh, where you have loads of unstructured pieces at the beginning. And then as you work through it and you apply different like um, uh, rules or mechanisms, you at the end have a picture that is actually really easy to understand and you can communicate. And I think that's something that is very unique to data. Um, and I really like being part of that process. So that's what really kind of um, attracts me to, to, to working with data. And it sounds like you have a passion for it as well, which is which is great, of course. What would you describe as some of the, the major successes that you've achieved with data throughout your career? So, so there, there is actually kind of like two areas that I think one is kind of being the advocate of data. So being able to help decision making or guide decision making um, by providing uh, extra input from the from the data perspective. So if you're thinking of like, I don't know whether path A or B is, is the right way, then, then um, I think one of the successes is, is kind of being able to, to provide extra uh, guidance uh, based on, on the numbers or on behaviors or on observations um, that could help you uh, make that decision. Um, so, so that is actually one of the big successes of data um, that I see. And, and as I move, and my personal success from, from my side, is that as I move more into kind of like a leadership role, I was very scared of being very hands-off or, or losing touch. Um, it is quite a fast evolving world. Um, and so I, I'm really happy that I've, one of my successes that every now and then I do kind of do little projects on the side or looking to the code or, or and that is something that I, I'm really happy that I was able to keep a little bit of that uh, uh, still part of my, my daily routine. And can you tell us about the time that you affected this kind of change in a major organization and also some of the challenges that came with that? Um, a major change in the organization. Uh, well, one of the things that I did back when I was um, um, in marketing, I, was, I, 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 was, I got very involved and I was leading the team that creates our bidding algorithms for, for the search engines. Um, and um, there we actually um, transitioned from a heuristic static if else uh, a model into a kind of trained model, also known as like using machine learning. Um, and, and it was the f one of the very first times that was done within, within Trivago, at least, um, the making use of, of machine learning uh, and having to kind of like train a model. So there like challenges, there were two major challenges. One was actually the technology, like this had never been done before. So which technologies do we use? Um, how do we kind of go like practically and, and actually make this happen and put it into production in a way that is actually usable for the business? Um, and the second is the communication aspect of it. Um, so, so while it's very kind of 
it can be very easy to explain a very static if else model. If this happened, then we do this. If not, then we extend this. And you can really easily kind of sit down with someone and explain why do they see the output that they see at the end. Um, uh, when we moved to machine learning, it was a bit more difficult. We, can, we could kind of like say, okay, these are the signals that we take into account. And, and, and these signals come from the domain experts that say this is important. Um, but, but at the same time, I can't really sit down with you and say, here we have a three because of all these different steps, because it's a much more, um, you learn with, with the model and it's much more difficult to explain. So I think the communication aspect was until like people got comfortable with not really following all the procedure. Um, that was, that was quite tricky at the beginning. And you touched on technology there as well. What effects do you think the technology will have on the data science and machine learning landscape over the next few years? Um, I think, I mean, one obvious one is kind of being able to process more and like have more power and, and, and do more kind of like crunch more data. So I think like the, the technology from, from that aspect, like uh, every time, like I remember like when, when I first started at Trivago, I remember we got a point where we do every, every night, we do like daily crunching. Um, of, of, all our, of all our workflows and, and data to be able to can then analyze the next day. Um, and, and there was a point where it was reaching that it took us like nearly 24 hours to crunch the previous day. Uh, and then we changed technology and it went from like 24 hours to like something like four hours or something. So, so I think this is a kind of like an evolving thing of technology. We have more and more data and therefore we need more powerful technology. But I think from a more kind of like, I would say maybe philosophical way or, or a more exciting way there is that um, the, the reach of this uh, of this data I think the tools like I remember when I first started I had to sit down with someone for a full day to explain what what do the tables do how how to kind of get the data uh, uh, how to use the programs how and you really needed a full kind of like training on how to get access to the data let alone analyze it first you need to actually get in there um, and I think nowadays um, there is a lot of advancement done in, in making it more user friendly, which means that many more people can have access and can base their conclusions on data and that you don't have to rely with of this one group of people that can actually extract that information. It, it's more available for everyone. And I think that's actually quite exciting. Yeah, it sounds very exciting too. And obviously the other half of technology is, is people and you're now leading a team. How would you describe your leadership style, especially when engaging and communicating with, with team members? Yeah, it's difficult for me to answer, uh, to be honest, because, um, because I think that's more for my team to say, <laughs> how, how do they see me as a leader? Um, I, I wanna, I wanna uh, since they're not here, I, will, <laughs> I wanna maybe think of myself as like, I try to become like the type of leader that is not needed. Uh, it sounds a bit strange, but like that, that I, I try to, to create teams that are self-sufficient um, and that they, they, if I were to kind of disappear for like a week, that they would know exactly what to do and, and they would be self-sufficient in figuring out what are the next steps and, and give them the tools to actually make the decisions and not have to have me as a blocker in a way or have me or someone that gets the green light. Um, so that is what, what I aim for always. And, and for that, I think it, it, it's really, it depends on the person, the leadership style. With some people are more kind of less affair where, where I kind of like let them go because I know they like that, uh, that freedom. Um, and, and for other people, uh, uh, sorry. And for other people, I'm more, um, um, I'm more um, like 
there, like being able to kind of, especially if they're started in the career and data, um, uh, give more guidance, like ask more questions, spend more time. Like, what do you think this is the right thing? Um, I'm sorry, I, I closed this. No problem. Um, so, so it really depends on the person. It really depends on what stage in their career there is. Uh, but I, I try to achieve this kind of more less affair, like I'm not needed kind of approach. Um, um, that's kind of my, my vision as a leader. And do you find that, that you have to change that style when engaging with the senior leadership team, maybe people who aren't on the data science and analytics team? Or do you, do you find it's the same with Intrabelgo? Um I think you have to change that style for everyone. So, so I think like, I think it's very important. And I think this is where my major kind of mistakes come from is, is understanding what motivates that person that you're talking to, what is important to that person. And then, and then like, as, uh, like talking about that. So, so if for someone is very important, um, uh, the business outcome and certain KPI, um, then you can talk about like, I don't know, communication, but if they don't care about that, you're never going to reach that person. You, you need to kind of like uh, understand what, what drives them and what, what is important for them. What are they interested in? And then, and then communicate in the same language. Um, and, and that doesn't matter. I, I don't think there is a difference in, in hierarchy. Uh, it's more about a difference of in, in, in people. What do people get motivated by? What do people, what are people driven by? Um, and so I, I don't change my, I change my, my communication style, uh, depending on the interest of the people, but not depending on their hierarchy, if, if you see what. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, uh, where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement within the organization right now? Uh, right now, um, we can like, I mean, we have a lot, of, we have a lot of data that we still cannot, that haven't had the chance to kind of really uh, look into there. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of stories waiting for it to be uncovered. Uh, so I think, I, I think it, that is probably one of the most important, not forgetting uh, yeah. that we always have data by our sides uh, and that probably idea generation is, is faster than maybe analyzing whether that idea uh, it, it's, it's potentially good or not. Um, so I think that is like the biggest, as a, in such a fast paced environment, this is something that I think it continues to be the biggest leverage to find the right balance between idea generation and kind of like sense checking and, and looking into the data. And I, I would say. And what do you think is the biggest mistake you made during your career? Yeah, I hinted a little bit uh, earlier on. Uh, I think it's assuming uh, uh, assuming what people, what motivates people or making assumptions without like going in, like saying, this is what you want. And turns out it's not. So I can give a specific example. Um, when I, I, I was very new as a leader, I think it was in, during my first year, um, I, I had a very small team. It was two, three people. Um, and, um, and I had previously been working with them. Um, so, so it's, I, I knew them from, from before. And, um, and as a leader, I was like, okay, I need to give guidance. I give to, to give direction. I need to make sure that, you know, everybody knows what they're, what, what they're doing. And so I used to write, or I used to kind of like spend a lot of time, like specifying like the tasks, the directions, what areas to consider, like what is the context and really spending a lot of time kind of making sure that they had all the information that they needed in order to be able to do 
their magic in a way, their their role. And um, and then I figured that this this one person in the team kept on like standing up and going to talk to people. So I would say I would sit down, I would like explain everything. I would say I've done this, I've done all the all the legwork. Like this is all the context. Do you understand the value and why and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they would go and talk to people and do it. And I was like, but why didn't I not? So so I went in the clearly I'm not I'm not being very clear. I'm not like, I, I need to be even more precise and even more, so I went to even more details and even, and, and he kept on doing that. And I was like, I don't understand. Why do you keep on going? Like, you know, I'm spending so much time in trying to give you everything that you need so that you don't have to spend the time getting this information. And, and then I realized that that's what he likes in his job. He actually really likes working with open-ended questions. Um, um, he, he, the more, the more kind of, precise, I, I pinpointed the, the task, let's say, uh, the more frustrated he would get because the, the, the less he would feel it's his task because it was already defined for him. Um, so when I, when I had this conversation with him and I, and I, and I realized this and I, I spent a little bit of time to understand his perspective, um, I completely changed and I gave him all the open-ended tasks, all the research tasks, and we, and we actually started working in a much better, healthy and efficient manner. And, and that just, that was a big mistake from my side, assuming that I had to be more precise and more specific, and this wasn't enough, and, 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 and I was doing the opposite of what he needed. So, so yeah, so that's like one of the biggest mistakes I've done in lead, and I've done them many times. I've got many examples of those, but that's one. Yeah, it, it makes for a great story, though. <laughs> Uh, how has COVID-19 affected your, your role and, and also Trivago? Because you mentioned before the call that you're now working in the office, so kind of back to normal. Um, but how else has it affected it? Well, back to normal, back to the new norm, I think is what they call it. It's not really, we have loads of like uh, uh, um, restrictions, not restrictions, but rules that we need to follow and guidance that we need to follow. Um, from from Since you bring the, the, the office, I think like home office was one of the biggest things that impacted us as, as a team. Um, so... Um, we, we, in our team, we do a lot of, um, a lot of um, ad hoc discussions and brainstorming discussions. So, so we have a problem to solve. There's many different ways you can go uh, uh, and do it. So how we stand in front of a board and we kind of discuss it, or we, there's a lot of like questions to the room, like, hey, does somebody know? Like, because we have an open, uh, open space uh, office. Um, so all of that, the moment we moved uh, to home office was gone. So, so you couldn't just turn around and ask someone. You couldn't just have a little brainstorming with someone. Um, so, so actually, we knew that this was going to happen. We were, we were re very realistic about it. And so we set very specific guidelines. So we, we agreed, uh, all of us as a team, that we would, for example, any kind of question to the room would now be launched in our team channel. So we, you wouldn't... You wouldn't just go to a person that you know knows the answer and have a private conversation. Um, uh, you would instead put it in the team channel so that it still creates that team channel, the perspective. And then you can tag that person that, that you think will probably know the answer, but everybody has the chance to partake, to know what people are working on and give that visibility of kind of creating that room environment within this kind of like uh, messenger channel kind of thing. Um, so, so that was one we also set up like coffee sessions where we tried to kind of like mimic, it was very awkward at the beginning, but where we tried to mimic kind of um, um, that kind of coffee breaks. Um, so, so where we said, okay, we don't talk about work. We kind of just like, how's your day going? Like, you know, a little bit more kind of small talk. Um, so we kind of agreed and we had actually a meeting uh, with the whole team saying, okay, what set of guidelines can we set? Because let's be realistic, things are gonna change and, and we need to adapt. 
Um, and so we came up with a certain certain set of rules uh, uh, and that was better. Now back in the office, we are having a hybrid, but we seem to be much more relaxed uh, uh, about it because now we know how to deal with, with the whole situation um, on how to have people that are not there physically. So it seems so far to be working good. Yeah, that sounds good as well. What's your top working from home tip? Top working from home tip? Uh, actually what I did, Sounds very silly, but what I did is like between meeting and meeting, especially if you have a heavy meeting day, um, in the office, you get to walk around to a different room. So you have this kind of break or you go through a kitchen and then you get yourself coffee or some water. At home, you just go from Zoom call to Zoom call and, and it can get really, really tiring. So what I used to do is I kind of hang up on a Zoom call and, and I would like walk around the table and then sit down again. And that, that gave me that kind of like, okay, like, you know, next, next topic and sit and actually physically standing up, walking around the table. It probably looked very silly for the neighbors uh, and then sit down again. And, and that really helped me at least to kind of like have that like bar like breaks between, because otherwise it was just sitting and like one Zoom call and then another one and then another one. And that can be a bit too, very tiring. And, and all the time adds up as well, right? So I actually, I actually kind of, I can visualize it now and it's actually, it sounds like a really good system in it. And if it worked for you, then, then great as well. Uh, did you have a routine? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so like at, at home office, like uh, I, I did, I did come up, end up with a routine. So, so I would like prepare a big pot of coffee first thing. Uh, um, and then, uh, and then I would sit down and first do my emails. So actually like I missed that. I have a lot of unread emails, but, um, I used to sit down and like, uh, read all my emails just to wake up. Cause usually I used to take the, the time where I'm sitting in the public transport to wake up. And now I didn't have that time. So instead like I sit down, I read all my emails. So like, what is, what is that, that I need to kind of attend later? What is that I can do now quickly? And kind of that was a really nice entry. Uh, to the day I looked at like we have like we test everything um, uh, so I used to look at the dashboards I mean I still do that now but look at the dashboards and kind of have a slow entry to the day um, and and then like then it just as as if it was in the office so that was I think the, the most important part of the routine was how to get started hmm. what's the best piece of advice you ever received Oh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, when I, when I used to be, uh, at, at university, we used to kind of be studying a lot for, for, for the exams, um, and, and doing long hours. Um, I think we, we always kept on motivating ourselves with knowledge is power. Um, so, so when, when, like, I, I think it's, it's not necessarily a piece of advice. Um, but it's, it's, it's more of a, what, keeps me going a little bit like when like keep on trying to learn more keep on trying to kind of like understand better uh asking why finding the finding why things happen and that kind of knowledge like like being aware of all the different perspectives um that that is very powerful so so i think that's kind of what i try to when i get a little bit demotivated i try like come on knowledge is power you may not know what's going on right now but but keep on digging you that's that's like it's very useful what are you curious about right now well um in terms of like uh how how for example what i'm really 
curious is how is the travel industry going to change um, because we're, we're in the travel industry in Trivago. So, so that is something that, I mean, we see kind of the trends and how is it going to change and how, how is it going to impact like the use of behavior? Um, are we going to see interesting new patterns? Um, and so that is something that I'm quite curious, um, how are we going to react as a society in terms of traveling? Um, and, and what new kind of insights are we gonna are we gonna have from 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 the possible changes that that might come in how people perceive travel? And what is your favorite quote? No, oh, well, <laughs> I guess knowledge is power. Knowledge is power, yeah, good, excellent. And last question then: What advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data? Um, one of the things that I was really scared of when 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 I was considering a career, a leadership career in data, is 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 um, detaching myself from it so when when you go into leadership you you are not so hands-on i mean you can still be hands-on um, um but but technically you're much less hands-on than if you're an expert uh, and if you're um so so i think like realizing that as a as a leader you can bring value in in from other perspectives by by translating like uh, uh visions and ideas into kind of like things that we can optimize towards um, by by bringing the, the the context of of why are we doing what we're doing and kind of identifying those those other areas um, that apart from like doing the modeling looking at the numbers doing the analysis there's as a leader there's there's other areas where where you you can bring value uh, to the team um, and that you don't need to be the expert in that team um, in, in, in the modeling side of things that you can let go a little bit of that side to be able to bring value from all the other sides. Um, it's it's going to be very difficult if one tries to handle to be the expert in the team, but also the leader. Like, I, I think that's, I mean, of course, I'm pretty sure there's people out there that can do that, but but that's kind of a bit superhuman for me. Like, you, I think you have to get let go and like, n not be so much the expert of the topic, uh, but be able to bring value from from the leadership perspective. Great advice from Andrea Fernandez-Fonseca, data science and analytics leader at Trivago. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs>